Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. I want to talk to you tonight about risk, risk. And, and have you ever noticed that in life there are people who, who succeed, they do great things, and then there's other people that kind of don't fulfill their full potential. You know, they, they kind of settle for kind of a, a mediocrity. And so, so you get some people, they achieve great things. And sometimes when we see people achieving great things, we think things like, wow, they must be exceptionally gifted. Or we think to ourselves, ah, right place, right time. You know, there's luck. Or we think, oh, they had massive resource, like their parents have had money, you know. Or we think, oh, they must have had a you know, special kind of education. But actually, people, psychologists will tell you that it's none of those things ultimately that determine success. But actually, it's the ability and willingness to risk to step out, the Bible calls it faith, to step out into something, listen, with the potential that it will fail. And so actually it's people who are very successful, who really come into the fullness of what God has for them in their life, for people who are willing to risk and who are willing to fail. You know, I think about my life, you know, my story is that before I came to Jesus, you know, I was this drug addict and Jesus touched my life and began a journey of healing me and taking me to freedom. But I didn't get off drugs the first time I tried. I tried many times before I got the breakthrough, you know, and then Jesus kind of set me free. And so I want to encourage you, it's tenacity or the willingness to go again in the spite of failure, to take a risk again and risk again and risk again that ultimately brings breakthrough. I heard an interview with a young African entrepreneur called Jason Joku. And at 31, Jason founded this platform called Arocco TV. It was the first platform ever to stream Nollywood movies, so African movies produced in Africa for an African audience that goes all over the world. And he, he came up with this idea and he created a kind of, you know, a ver- like Netflix, a, a, an app where you could watch this, this product. And he became very successful. And, uh, and he was actually named in the Forbes, Forbes magazine one of the top 10 young African millionaires to watch. So people were saying, wow, this guy has really got something. And I saw him on an interview and they said to him, hey, Jason, you're such an example to others. Now, how did you do it? And here's what he said. I did it by failing spectacularly 10 times. He said, I started 10 different companies and all of them failed. That included a blog network, failed. A t-shirt business, failed. A web design company, failed. And seven others that he didn't list also failed. He said, at 30, I was back at home with my mum. Because I'd burnt through all my money in all of these ventures. Nothing had worked. And I basically had the embarrassment of living with my mum. He goes, and then this idea came to me. And I stepped out again for the 10th time. And this time, the breakthrough came. Wow. 
wow, what he's gone on to do, I was just reading like an update on him today on Wikipedia, and it was saying that now he's funded a program that supports young African entrepreneurs to start their own businesses, and he's investing millions of dollars in empowering others to take their chance and take their opportunity. Come on. So success is about the willingness to risk and also to be okay with failing some of the time, you know. And in the book of Matthew, Jesus teaches this to the disciples. It's Matthew 14, it's 22 to 33. It's famously titled, Jesus Walks on Water. And it says this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Some translations say there was a small storm beginning. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus and when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, truly you are the Son of God. Wow. Wow. You know, Peter is the only person ever to have walked on water other than Jesus. Now, Jesus we put to one side because he's fully human. He's fully God, right? Peter's just fully human. And he's the only human ever to have walked on water. And I Googled it before I came in tonight just to check. And uh, there's a lot of people having a go. So there's a guy in a big bubble and he's running on water. You know, there's, there's, there's people that have made all kinds of strange contraptions that look like they're walking on water. And there's a lot of fake photography over there where people look like they're in water. When you look back, it's just really shallow water. So the reason it looks like they're walking on it is it's like three mil deep. But there's no one else that's actually walked on water. But you know that often when we hear this story, we can focus on, but he sunk. Interesting how when you hear the story, often when you think about the story, you think, but he sunk. It seems like we're preoccupied with, don't want to fail, don't want to look silly, don't want to be embarrassed, that we'll stay in the comfort of the boat rather than risk the humiliation of maybe not having a complete success. But listen, Peter walked on water. Right? It might, I don't know how many steps it was, but it was a decent number. You know? And it's, I tell you what, it's however many it was, it's, it's more than I've ever done. You know? So come on, he was willing to step out, and that's really what caused him to come into this miracle, to be the only person in history to have said that they've done that. I read a book called How We Decide by a neuroscientist called Jonah Lira. And in the book, he argues as a neuroscientist that our brains are actually constructed in a way that we're hardwired 
against risk. We're actually hardwired to be fearful of failure. And actually, he says it limits humanity. And his, his reasoning for this is that it's an evolutionary hangover. It's like, it's like a part of evolution that hasn't worked well, and it's one of those things. But we know from the Bible that it's not an evolutionary hangover, but it's because mankind's fallen from the grace of God. Actually, everyone was created to live in God, to live in this perfect world, to live at peace with God, to live in a world that is full of peace, love, joy, a world that's not got sickness, disease, death. But actually, humanity made a decision to rebel against God, fractured that relationship with God. And now we look at the world and we see sickness and death and wars and all kinds of stuff happening. And now humanity is, has a default towards an aversion to risk. But I want to encourage you that God can restore all things. And he wants to restore to us love, joy, peace, right? All of these things, right? He wants to bring to us health and wholeness and healing, right? That's why Jesus came, died on the cross, rose again, so that we might come into all of that. And part of that, he wants to restore to us this willingness to step out the boat. This willingness, man, I'm going to take a risk. You know, I might fail, but I'm going to go for it in God, right? Come on. He wants us to experience that. This, this, this um, neuroscientist, Jonah Lira, he says that you can see this operating, this aversion to risk in the way that we talk to our children when they succeed at something. Listen to this says that when a child does something well, often the adult will say, well done, aren't you clever? So if a kid ties their shoelace, the adult might say, oh, well done, you tied your shoelace, aren't you clever? Here's what they're inadvertently saying. If you attempt it and fail, you're stupid. Listen. Well done, you're so clever, you did it. Ah, so if I try it and I don't do it, I'm stupid. In our culture, we're obsessed with testing, testing, testing kids, right? We say, you've got to pass, you've got to pass, you've got to pass. The celebration is always in the passing. The celebration is never in the trying. No parent ever goes, well done, you've tried to tie that lace 20 times. Well done. And when they do achieve it, we don't put it down to, hey, the reason you did this is you persevered. You didn't give up. You failed a whole heap of times, but you kept on going. Now you've got the breakthrough. We need to stop putting success down to cleverness or intellect or education or wealth. We need to start putting it down to, hey, well done, you tried and tried and you didn't give up. Huh. You tried and tried and you didn't give up. Huh. You know that we're... What, what things is your aversion to risk robbing you of? What things... Maybe there's that girl and you have the potential of spending your life with her but your fear of her saying no to your coffee invite just lets that pass on by. I'm speaking to somebody. (laughs) Maybe you keep staying an employee instead of becoming an employer because you're scared that that business idea, that dream you have would fail so you're never going to start it. You keep on putting off the start. You delay, you delay, you delay. Because you're more worried about failing than you are about taking the opportunity to succeed. Because we live in a culture that doesn't celebrate your trying, but only celebrates your success. Come on, we need to be people that start to celebrate the try. (laughs) Celebrate the attempt, say, great. Hey, get up, go again. Hey, get up, go again. You know, we read earlier, ten ten times he failed. (laughs) Ten attempts. Man, I would have given up by then. 
<laughs> this guy's got some tenacity. You know, that's why he ended up succeeding. It isn't the smart, it isn't the educated, it isn't the equipped, it isn't the resourced. It's none of those things. It's the tenacious. It's the person who's willing to risk and willing to fail. I want to talk to you tonight. Uh, I've titled my message, A Beginner's Guide to Walking on Water. Beginner's Guide to Walking on Water. And I want to give you some points or some tips from this passage that hopefully are going to help you and I to be less risk averse. And the first one is this, that before all of this happens, before any of this great miracle of Jesus walking on water, then Peter walking on water, before any of that happens, it says in Matthew 14, 23, Jesus retreated to a lonely place and he prayed. It says in the, the, the new the, the NIV version, it says on a mountainside, but it's really talking about he went to an isolated place, separate from people, where he could get alone with God, and it says he prayed. And I want to put to you that anything that you and I are going to do where we really step out in faith, we're going to need to be praying to have the courage to do that. Actually, we're going to need to be in a place where we're actually seeking God, asking God, God, help me in this. God, give me wisdom in this. Give me discernment in this. God, is this the timing? Is this what you want for me? Is this your will for me? That we need to be basing everything we do from that place. You know, I love it how Jesus does that. He's just been ministering. God's been using him. He retreats now to, to get refilled before he gives again. He retreats to get fresh guidance before he goes again. And so we need to not do these things in, in, in lack of wisdom or step out in faith just you know, for the... I just thought of it. You know, it needs to be more to it than that, right? We need to be people that we're seeking God, and I'm believing this what God's asking me to do. And so we need to be preparing if we're going to walk on the water. But also we need to ask ourselves, hey, what's my motivation for walking on the water? So if I'm going to step out in something to achieve something, what's my motive for that? You know, what's my motive for that? You know, and, and I love it that Peter, what was his motive? I want to look great walking on the water. I don't think that was his motive. It says that he said to Jesus, tell me to come to you. His desire was, I want to get to Jesus. His motivation to walk on water was, I want to get to Jesus before everyone else does. You know, I want to be the first one to greet him, the first one to reach him, the first one to get to him. It's talking about that when you and I step out into something, that we need to be doing it from a place of, hey, this is what God wants for me. Hey, this is what Jesus wants for me. This is what he's, this is what he's asking of me. This is in line with his will for my life, you know. Because God wants us to step out, but he wants us to step out into the things that he has for us, you know. And he wants us to be doing it from the right motivation. If, I, if I'm here tonight and I want to preach based on, man, I feel God's called me and I want to help people, and I want to see people who don't yet know Jesus come to know him. Then I can expect as I preach for God to help me. But if my preaching is about me looking good or me feeling I've got some kind of status or, or somehow you know, making me feel complete, then I'm in, I'm in trouble because my motive is not God-focused. It's not others-focused, but it's self-focused. And so when we're stepping into things, we do need to ask, hey, what's my motivation for this? You know, if I'm going to risk and take a step out and I'm believing Jesus is going to help me and catch me in this, then I need to make sure I'm in the will of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, if you want to start a business, you say, I want to be a successful person in business, you've got to ask the question, why? Why? What's your motive for that? Is your motive to be wealthy, to be famous, to be esteemed? Then don't do it. Don't do it. But if your focus is, I believe God's calling me to this. 
hey, I want to help a whole bunch of people. I want to be able to employ people and bring people into their destiny, really providing for them. I want to to be an employer of people. I want to empower people. I want people to flourish through my business. Hey, I want to raise money to resource the church. I want to help the poor overseas. I want to have 100 sponsor kids. You know, wow, you go start a business. You know, we need to be asking the question, what motivates us? As believers, we need to be asking what motivates us. Come on. Come on. I suspect that if Peter stepped off that boat in pure ego, you know, I want to look good, he probably would have just sunk like a stone. You know, but he stepped off the boat saying, I want to get to Jesus. I want what Jesus wants. (laughs) You know, that in order to step out, to risk, to come into what God has for us, we have to resist retreating to what's comfortable. You know, why is it that there was 11 who stayed in the boat and only one who ventured out? I would put to you that the boat was comfortable. The boat was familiar. Hey, maybe they couldn't swim, you know. Hey, I'm com- I've got some comfort in the boat, but I don't have enough faith to step out the boat, you know. The boat was comfortable. And really, when you think about that, Jesus calls Peter and he comes. He, would have, he was really calling all of them. He was really would have called all of them. Peter said, say, come to me. Jesus said, come. If the others had said, hey, come to me, Jesus would have said, come. All of you come. Would have been a football team on that water. Not just one person or two people, you know. It's interesting. He calls him and he comes. But he had to be willing to come out of the comfort of the boat. It's interesting that everyone has a boat. Everyone has a boat. It's that place that you retreat to, that you go to in times of trouble. That when the push is on to push forward in God and the pressure's on, you tend to retreat back to it. You know, for me, you know, I used to have a drug problem. 22 years, I haven't taken a drink or a drug. And I hardly ever think about taking a drink or a drug, but I do when the pressure's on. When the pressure's on and I'm feeling under pressure, you know, it's that moment where I need to step out now, I need to push through this now. There's a test here, there's a challenge here. Often in that moment will come, that thought will suddenly flick into my mind. You could just take a drink. You could just have a moment of relief. It starts to, it starts to play. Interesting, interesting that my, my boat starts to call me back. Come back to the boat. Come back to the boat. You know, the boat's not good. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's comfortable, it's familiar. Sometimes we retreat to even abusive things. Even abusive things we retreat to. And people would think, that can't be comfortable. No, no, but it's, it's familiar. There's the comfort of familiarity. You know, some people, they keep retreating to that relationship. You're like, girl, let him go. But they keep going back. You're like, stop it. Stop going back. Stop that. Some people, they go back to mum. Some people, oh, oh, hello. (laughs) Speaking of somebody here. Some people, they go back to mum. They go back to that place. You know, it's interesting. Some people return to the physical place they started sometimes because there's a spiritual retreat that's taking place. Pastor Jared preaches about this. So we need to think about, hey, what's my boat? What's my boat? What's that place, that thinking, that place that I go to 
when things get hard, you know? For some people, it's you stop talking to people, you isolate. So keep stopping, you get the breakthrough. You keep, you isolate. As soon as the pressure gets on, you isolate, you cut people off, you cut yourself off to the solution that's going to take you forward. For others, you start that bad eating again. That pattern just starts back up. There's all kinds of boats, but everyone has one. You know, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm leaving my boat. I'm not going back to my boat. Come on. Come on. I love it that Jesus says, don't describe what your boat is, people. Stop that. It's enough. Right? I love that Jesus also says this to the disciples. He says to them, go to the other side of the lake, the other side. That, that word, that English translation that we translate other side, in the Greek, what it's talking about is he's talking about moving from Jewish territory to Gentile territory. Here's what's happening. He's saying, hey, we're going into a brand new land. Hey, we're stepping into a brand new season. Hey, there's something now that, that's very significant that's about to take place, that you're about to break into. This isn't a small thing. This is a huge thing. That This step, this risk that we're taking is, is going to be massive. And I believe that Jesus was preparing them for that. He was getting them to step out because they were going to need greater faith for where they were going. So he's trying to get them to break through, to step out now so that they might be set up for the other side. What's your other side? What's the other side for you? I want to encourage you tonight, if you open up your heart to Jesus, if you make a decision to invite Jesus in, you're not going to tag Jesus onto your life. It isn't like I've got a lot of good things going, I'll also have a bit of Jesus. No, 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 it's not that. Here's what happens if you open up your heart to Jesus. You go to the other side. Literally, he'll take you into a whole new life, a whole new way of thinking, a whole new future, a whole new destiny, a whole new eternity. It's crazy. You pray this prayer, you step out, you take a risk with Jesus. Here's what happens. Brand new eternity. Wow. The day I remember the day, I took the step, I prayed the prayer, I stepped out with Jesus and I stepped out. I, I, I stepped out in, 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 on the premise of I've got nothing to lose. I'm a, I'm a broken down addict. I can't get out of drugs, right? I'm so trapped. I've got nothing to lose. And I stepped out and God gave me so much more than freedom from addiction. So much. That was like the beginning. That was just, that was just phase one of the 34-phase plan. You know, it's like, it's like Jesus has incredible things for you, purpose that you, that you can't understand right now. He, he's had a future that he wants to open up for you. But you've got to take a step of faith. Right at the end of this service, there's going to be an opportunity to pray a very short but very powerful prayer that can connect you to Jesus. And here's what you stand to benefit, all that he has for you. Here's what you stand to lose if it's not real, nothing. If it's not real, you'll be the same. You'll leave the same. You'll come in as you are, you'll leave as you are. If it's not true, but if it is true, and you seize it, wow. Wow. You know that there's often a test before the next season. There's often a test before the next season. These disciples, they went through this test before they went into or onto the other side. They went through this test. And the test was, how are people going to go with seeing Jesus walk on water? Is anyone going to have the courage to take the step? And it's interesting because it says that when Jesus walked on water, then Peter did, when he got on the boat, they said, truly you are the Son of God. 
So this deeper revelation came through this challenging moment. Now, you've got to get this. What, why I say it's challenging is this. One, they were in a storm. A storm was beginning. Other texts say, so in, every, in most of the Gospels, this story is in there, and other Gospels fill in the rest of the picture. They talk about how they're, they're battling against the waves when they're trying to row. They're actually in trouble, right? So one thing they're thinking, heck, we're in trouble here. This, this wind is beginning to whip up. There's a storm that's beginning to come upon us. They're in fear. Then they see a ghost, right? So now they're in terror, right? They've gone from, we're worried about some, ah, now there's a ghost, you know. It's like they are, they are freaking out. They're freaking out. Sometimes that's what you've got to go through to take the step. <laughs> Seriously, sometimes you've got to go through some terror. You know, inside of you, you feel like, hey, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm losing it here. But you've got to take the step. You've got to take the step. Come on. You know what it's, and, and what's, what's ahead of them? The other side. The other side. So terror, fear, and if I can do it, what's, what's ahead? The other side. The other side. You know, me and my daughter Eva, we play Super Mario on the computer. We've got like this little plug-in. It plugs in to see if it's all the old school games. And there's like a Super Mario game. It's going on the screen and jumping on stuff. And, and what it is, when you get to the end of the level, there's a boss. And the boss is harder to kill. You know, you get to the level, you get better, but it gets, ah, oh, no, there's a boss. You know, and then, then Eva's like, Dad, you do the boss. And she passes me the boss. I'm like, I don't do the boss. I call, it, call your cousin. We call up our cousin. And we ask her, hey, Katie, Madeline, how do you beat, defeat the boss on this level? And then we play the boss, right? That's like life. Sometimes you've got to get past the boss to get to the next level. They had to get through the fear and the terror of the storm and the ghost before, whoa, now we're walking on water. And now we're getting to the other side. Sometimes there's something you've got to pass. You've got to get through. You've got to break through it. There's a test. In fact, there's many tests in life. God keeps bringing them to us. Keeps bringing them to us. And those that come into all that God has are those that are willing to push through another test. God, help me. Help me to keep on being willing. I'm in a test. We're all in tests. You know, we don't see them. We don't know what they are. Some are obvious and big. You know, someone may get sick or you know, something might beset you that's just out of the ordinary. But there's all kinds of little tests that are happening all the time to you and I. Tests on the inside of us. Tests in our thinking and our, in our emotions. Tests that want to cause us to keep on pulling back and retreating to our boat, to our place of comfort. But God is saying, hey, now it's time now to step out the boat, to come into what? The other side. And here's the incredible thing about the other side. You can't know it till you experience it. And you can't experience it till you pass the test. It's like I can tell you tonight all about what it's like to know Jesus. I can tell you and I can tell you, but you can never experience it until you in faith pray a simple prayer, put your faith and your trust in Him. Then you can experience it. Come on, it'd be great if the band could come out. That would be really helpful. I just want to finish with this. This faith or this risk-taking, it's, it's active, it's not passive. It's active, it's not passive. In James 2.17, it says this. It says, faith without works is dead. Here's what it's saying. You gotta, it's one thing to say, I believe God. It's another thing to take an action in line with that belief. I, I read someone talking about it, and they said it's like this. They said, it's like you've got a headache. 
and you go to the cabinet, you open up the cabinet, there's a bottle of paracetamol in there. And you believe that if you take the paracetamol, your headache will go. And you believe that it's come from a credible source and you believe that it's still in date and you believe all that stuff about it, but you then close the cabinet and you walk away and you still have the headache. That actually it's not enough to believe, but you've got to apply the belief. You've got to take an action to back the belief. There's a famous missionary, Hudson Taylor, and he was going to China the first missionary to venture out to China, this, 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 this land they didn't know anything really about. And he's stepping out there to preach Jesus, right? And he's on the boat. And as they were going through uh, uh, on their way there, they went past some islands. And as they went past these islands, the wind completely died. And this was back in the day of sailing ships. So there was no option. If there was no wind, you weren't going anywhere. And the current began to drag them towards the island. Hudson Taylor was down below deck and the captain runs down below the deck and he says to him, Hudson Taylor, I've heard that you're a man of God. He says, yeah. He says, I need you to pray. He says, pray with all your heart for wind because we're drifting towards an island that I know is full of cannibals. And so we're going to be likely to be eaten if we get to that island, right? And so he basically says, okay, I'll pray, but you need to set the sail. The captain says, oh, you're joking. I can't set the sail. The, the crew's going to think I'm crazy. The, gonna think, the crew's going to think I'm insane. No captain has ever said set the sail when there's no wind. Hudson goes, I won't pray unless you set the sail. The captain goes upstairs, set the sail, set the sail. They start rigging up the sail. Hudson Taylor starts praying. He's on his knees for 45 minutes praying. Suddenly the door boat says, it's the captain. He says, oh, you can stop praying. The wind started just a few minutes after we set the sail. Come on, come on. We've got to back this up with some action. We've got to back this faith up with a step of action. You've got to step out to come into all that God's got for you. It's not enough to say, I believe in Jesus. We've got to take a step of faith in Him. Come on with Him. We can't just be, I believe. No, no, show me in what you do that you truly believe. Do you believe this? Come on. Why don't we stand together? We're going to sing. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.